person? Like, who just had like a third person just watch the fight? Because I figured out how to get the uh, co-presenter stuff on the live stream. So, so, so we might do KFC, like the bucket of chicken things. See what's the goal of it? Yes, yes, that's oh, what yeah, the main. Yeah, Pick it up on your way home. have an invitation for someone to Yeah, like, well, oh, yeah, I know you're talking about, yeah, like the Facebook post person. Um, yeah, that person probably is. So this is still, this is the same before you switch between the camera Yeah, so usually when, like, um, during, yeah, during the Pesquary sermon, um, I usually have my also. This, this view is from this camera here. Yeah, this view, yeah, this is what the live stream is saying. This is like a preview. Um, and then if there's like a hymn or something, you would switch to, you click this, and then you click that again, and that's going to switch up to corporate.
Good morning. morning. To those watching from home, we invite you to bring out your candle and light it to remind you that God's Spirit is with you just as God is here with us as we've gathered together and may it unite us both in spirit and in love. Today we're continuing our series on Mr. Rogers' theology and focusing on what it means to love your neighbor as yourself. I invite you to join with me in the response of sharing of our call to worship. Sing to the Lord a new song. Let us make melody before our God. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Let us praise God's holy name together. How good it is to sing praises to our God. For God is gracious and steadfast in mercy. A song of praise is always fitting. I invite you to stand with me as we join together in singing Jesus Shall Reign.
sense your presence within. And as we gather together, may the community that we join in this morning renew us and establish us. May we listen to the proclamation of your word. And especially may we learn what it means this day to truly love our neighbor and to love our neighbor as ourselves. This is our hope on this day through Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. You may be seated. second week of our series now, in which we're talking about Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, the theology that he brings, and how it helps us to see and flesh out what that might look like in our world today. Last week we discussed the implications of the Good Samaritan story, and how it invites us to be that neighbor, and especially consider that sometimes that neighbor we're called to love might even be someone we consider our enemy. Next week we're going to Hear what the Apostle Paul has to say to us about using our power in order to help someone less powerful. Today's scripture is a familiar one. You've just heard it. You have heard it many times before. It's one that's shared in response to a legal expert who, in this case, has heard enough that he asks a more sincere question. It's a question that comes pretty naturally because the, the Pharisees especially love to debate what's the most important laws. And they would kind of split hair sometimes about all that, but that for them was like a hobby. And so he asked that Jesus, what is the most important commandment? And his response is a very simple one. We're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our being, with all of our mind, and all of our strength. And the second is to love our neighbor as ourselves. So... When he gives that answer, it's really not an original one. He simply pulled together two scriptures, one of which is known as the Shema. And when that scribe asks which commandment is most important, he answers with something that comes from Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 5. It says, Hear, O Israel, 
The Lord our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And so Jesus just tweaked those words a little bit to share that. The Shema was something so integrated into the life of Israel that it was kind of like to them what our Lord's Prayer is to us that we recite every week. The Shema functions both as the Jewish Pledge of Allegiance and as a hymn of praise. So Jesus' answer is a good one. It's one that we need to embrace as well because it calls us to give to God everything. The Lord deserves everything from us. I love how it talks about that we're to offer our might or our strength. So keep that in mind as we talk next week about what it means to share that power. But today, I want to focus especially on that second commandment. So we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. And that also comes from a scripture. It comes from Leviticus 19.18. You must not take revenge nor hold a grudge against any of your people. Instead, you must love your neighbor as yourself. Pretty much a direct quote. So what does it mean to love your neighbor as yourself? Well, we kind of tackled that last week, didn't we? We talked about the Good Samaritan. In response to that question, he suggests that it's really anyone that's in need, but even more, the story was told for us to be that neighbor. Well, I pretty much got a, an illustration of that from my neighbor a week ago when we had our big snow. So I decided to, to wait to shovel my driveway to when it's pretty much done. I didn't want to go out there and do it several times. And I discovered that wasn't quite a wise decision. <laughs> Seven or eight inches of snow is a lot of snow. And it drifted in some places at my garage door. It was almost a foot tall. So I'm out there shoveling. And I've been out there a good hour. And about that time, my back is starting to bark at me. And I think, well, and I really wanted to get it done that day because the next thing is going to get really cold, right? But after... Getting that through, I'm looking, I said, well, at least I can get one car out. I guess I'll just tackle the other the rest of the time. And just as I was about ready to put away my shovel, my neighbor across the street comes walking over and says, you need some help shoveling your drive? Now, my neighbor is a wonderful person. She's about five feet tall. <laughs> She's this little thing. But she was a lot smarter than me. She had decided to go out and shovel every few hours. And so she was just scraping to one side a couple inches. And so she had hers all looking great. And she comes over, and, I, you know, and I'm just a little proud. And I said, no, no, I'm fine. I, don't worry about it. I can get this tomorrow. And then just as I did that, my daughter Kelsey calls. So I, I take the call and said, just a second. And I'm starting to see what she needs. And, and then I look down, and... Terry just ignored what I said, and she's there just shoveling away. I said, Kelsey, i got to go. I can't let him shovel my own drive. So I got my shovel going, and what, it was amazing how much energy you get when somebody comes and helps you, especially when they're going to embarrass you because she's so tiny. But we knocked that out pretty quickly and in the process stopped for a couple of breaks and had some great conversation. And I thought, gosh, how wonderful, how energizing it is to truly be neighbors to one another. So I want to encourage you to think about being that neighbor. Because, you know, right now we tend to 
Let our circles get smaller and smaller. I'm afraid COVID has kind of shut down our networks, hasn't it? We're not connecting nearly like we used to. And, and I notice these blasted phones don't really help, do they? Because you can, yeah, they help in some ways, but then in other ways, here we are just sticking with our circle because we can communicate all, no matter where they are, with our own little small circle. I, I've been opening doors for the preschool sometimes, and I watch all these parents who gather who have so much in common. You know, they have all kids that are the same age, and they should be connecting with one another. But what do they do? They all pull out their phones, and they, just, they don't even talk to each other when they have those opportunities. Heck, we had a funeral here yesterday, and uh, Rena Jo Watson, great family, and uh, I didn't know anybody else really in the family. And, uh, of course, we had a funeral dinner. So, you know, I usually go to funeral dinners, but there was a part of me thinking, you know, i got a big day tomorrow. Maybe I should just go home and get some rest. But I said, now let's go. And so I, I, I get my food, and I start to sit down at the table where the two sons were sitting that I met with previously. And then I realized I was taking someone else's spot. So I picked up my food. I went over to this table that I didn't know anybody. So we start talking, and before you know it, they tell me that they live in Evansville. Well, Nancy and I pretty much decide we're going to move to Evansville when I retire. And so, and I find out they're Methodist, and they're telling me about pastor that is a good friend of mine that's been their pastor, and talking about all this stuff. It's like, wow, what a wonderful thing. And think I, I would have missed all that if I hadn't just done that extra effort to be there and socialize and truly be a neighbor. So let me challenge you to be that neighbor. Uh, offer a smile to somebody in a day. Does something not only for them, but for you. God called us to be neighbors to one another. But I want to focus a little bit more on what it means in that second part of that commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Have you ever broke that down? I mean, think about that. One of the first lessons I learned as a Christian, and boy, was it so important for me. When I was a youth, I came from a family that probably didn't have a lot of self-esteem going, you know? A lot, of, a lot of obstacles. And one of the things I just remember so powerfully was my youth minister said, now listen, it says, love your neighbor as yourself. You know what that means? You've got to love yourself. And in my family, that wasn't exactly an easy thing to do. Our family was so much about humility. You never bragged on yourself. I mean, if I did, I'd be reprimanded because don't want to get a big head. I don't know if that was just their generation, but that was certainly a part of my upbringing. And so to hear that message that it's okay to love yourself became so important. And how valuable it was for me to begin to feel that permission because there were so many things working against me. Now, with a schizophrenic mother, I couldn't bring people home, so I couldn't make friends. Uh, I didn't learn a whole lot of social skills in my family. And I never had the kind of clothes that allowed me to just fit in with all the popular kids. So I had all those obstacles working against me. But then I went to a church, and we had a youth group, where this was part of the message. That we're called to love ourselves. That Jesus came to love and forgive us, accept us as we are. And so I heard that message of God's unconditional love in my congregation, with my youth leaders. And some of it began to sink in. 
And as I embraced it, then I was able to build upon that because self-esteem comes from you doing things and discovering you can do new things. And so you build your own self-esteem. Well, I think Fred, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, did very much of the same thing in each and every one of his shows. And that's part of the treasure that he's offered to us. Because our society has a lot of problems that are due to the lack of self-love. And so Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood dedicated numerous episodes to build that positive image. So let's watch a YouTube of one of those episodes. We, we wrote because Jeff was going to have a spinal fusion and be in a, they call it a halo, a cast, metal cast. rim and then cast on his shoulders and bolted. All the way down his trunk. Yeah. He may not have survived the surgery. And so we said, you know, what would you like to do? Uh, this is going to be a really big cast for you, and so we want to kick it off with something that would be really special. Mr. Rogers? Hey, Jeff. <laughs> I'm glad to see you. Thank you very much for coming by. Can you tell my friends what it is that made you need this wheelchair? Sure. Well, when I was about seven months old, I had um, I had a tumor and it broke the nerves to tell my hands and legs what to do. I see. And I got a wheelchair when I was four years old. That was your first one? Mm-hmm. When you were four? Uh-huh. He told Jeff before they started that they would have a chat and then sing a song together. I think he said we might sing something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was sort of surprised. What he's going to start singing a song? You know, this is totally not even what song. It's you I like. It's not the things you wear. It's not the way you do your hair. But it's you I like. The way you are right now, the way down deep inside you, not the things that hide not your fancy chair, that's just beside Jeff became. 
his sense of self. It's my understanding that that was unscripted and pretty much they just shared the brief thing they were going to do and they did it. So that was so spontaneous. I happen to believe that uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood was really key in helping us with the movement of accessibility for persons with disabilities. So I'm grateful for that compassion that he's instilled in us. Now, sometimes Mr. Rogers' neighborhood get, got some criticism that that he talked too much about feelings and affirming children's feelings. But that's not exactly how Mr. Rogers saw the importance of self-esteem. He made it clear, uh, this quote says it very well, now self-esteem is certainly not brought about by people saying that a child has done something wonderful when that, child, when that person doesn't believe it. Self-esteem doesn't come from a child hearing something that's not true about him or her. If an adult does not believe that the child has done a good job with something, well, it's not the least bit helpful to say so. But it's also true that when they do do something, it's fine, it's okay to affirm that and declare, to say, hey, that was really special. You know, you did that so much better than you did the last time, and I'm really proud of you. I think that's our responsibility as parents, as neighbors, as friends, to create that space where we affirm one another, that we, we give each other permission to feel good about ourselves because God has created us in God's image. God does love us, and we need to learn to love ourselves. How important it is to constantly remind ourselves of that because we live in a world that tears ourselves down so many places in so many ways. So that foundation is important. So I hope as we read our Bibles, as we worship together, and especially as we fellowship together, we give that permission to love ourselves because it increases our capacity to love our neighbor. So let's never forget. We are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our being, our mind, and our strength, and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. Let's pray. Lord, we're so thankful that you have given us that permission. That love is something that has to go in so many directions. We have to receive it in order to give it. So help us experience it, to let it sink into our hearts and minds, to know that we are loved so that we can then turn and offer that love, unconditional love, to others. Through your Son we be pray. Hi, my name is Lori Overton. I am the new Tutor Retreat Center Manager. And as many of you may know, we are trying to be sustainable and keep as much money as possible for our mission here at the farm. So we rely heavily on volunteers to do the cabin cleaning and linens when we turn over cabins for new rentals. We are in need of some more volunteers on those teams. If that's something you feel that you would be good at, we have cleaning team, linens team, and bed making team. Helping with the cabinets and the linens is a great family activity. And don't forget that we also have opportunities to help in the greenhouse from 6 to 8 p.m. on Monday and Tuesday evening and 9 to 11 a.m. on Thursday mornings.
If you are interested in joining the cleaning or the linens team, you can either fill out the interest card today in church or contact me through the number and the information on the website or send an email to teeterretreat at gmail.com. Thank you and have a blessed day. Good morning. We have a few announcements for you this morning that we'd like to share with you. We're marking the 40-day journey toward Easter on Ash Wednesday, starting March the 2nd, which will begin with the Lenten breakfast at 9.30 in the morning in Celebration Hall. And everyone is invited to join us with this breakfast, and it's uh, prepared and served by United Methodist Women's Grace Circle. So thank you for that. The guest speaker will be, we're hoping, Pastor Jill Moffitt, and there is no charge to attend, but we do ask for reservations so we know how much to cook up, obviously, and sign up at the church office or you can sign up at noblesvillefirst.com. And please bring either a $5 McDonald's uh, gift card for our college students or wrapped Easter basket candy for the United Methodist Children's Home over in Lebanon, Indiana. And if you're in the market for Easter baskets, there will be handmade themed gift baskets created by the United Methodist Women as well. And if Ash Wednesday and Lent are new to you, well, we have that covered as well. You can learn about Lent at 6.30 p.m. in Whitcomb Chapel, which is right across the narthex, right across the hallway here, led by Pastor Jill Moffitt, and she will bring her confirmation students that will also be attending this session and everyone in the congregation is invited for that. It will take place just prior to our 7 p.m. worship here on March the 2nd. We have 200 envelope fundraiser that's going on right now. Uh, raises money for the vital mission and outreach efforts of the family ministry. And it couldn't be easier. Pick up an envelope from the display outside the sanctuary or down in Celebration Hall as well. And you can give the dollar amount listed on the envelope itself. Or click the link at noblesvillefirst.com to give online. Proceeds will help fund movements in the Vine Student Center, a student retreat coming up in July, and mission trips coming up this fall. And also the children's ministry activities, including new out outreach events at the Teeter Retreat and Farm. Of course, we just saw a little um, a video about volunteering out at the greenhouse. Uh, they are open for seeding right now. So if you want to plant a seed, perfect place to go. Uh, volunteers are invited to soak up the warmth of the greenhouse. I understand they get pretty warm in those greenhouses. Mondays and Tuesdays from 6 to 8 p.m. or Thursdays from 9 to 11. And you can go to teeterorganicfarm.com for more information there. We also invite you to visit noblesvillefirst.com and click on the next steps on this graphic to register your attendance and give online, request prayer and link opportunities to volunteer, study, and to connect. And I would ask that you fill out your connection card, which I believe is yellow for this service, including any prayer requests on the back side. And it also shows opportunities to volunteer and learn more about that. And you also have an online connection card available to you as well. So I would urge you to fill that out. And if you're visiting for the first time today, either in person or online, 
please reach out to our hospitality coordinator, Pam Kaplinger. She'll be out in the hall after worship, or she can be reached at pkaplinger at noblesvillefirst.com. Now at this time, please join me in prayer for a blessing of our offerings. Sovereign God, we give our tithes and gifts this day, knowing that you are deserving of the best we have to offer. The tithe in scripture calls us to give our first fruits and not whatever is left over. May we give as an offering that offers you our very best. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. some morning prayer concerns and also some joys with you as well. 
Please share concerns for Pastor Jill Moffat as she tested positive for COVID Thursday and is at home resting. She joins Pastor Mary Eileen, who also tested positive early last week, too. Please keep all of our pastors in prayer for healing and for rest. And Alan and Cindy Ariel's, Cindy's brother-in-law is going to have gamma knife surgery. His name is Glenn. He's having it later this week. So please also keep him in your prayers as well, too. We share our condolences with the family and friends of Rena Jo Watson, who passed away on Friday, February 4th. Services were held here at the church just yesterday. Please keep them all in your prayers for comfort and for peace. We also celebrate the joy in Noblesville girls basketball team won the Marion Regional and advanced to the semi-state round in the state tournament after wins over Homestead and Fort Wayne Snyder yesterday. Go Lady Millers. Please share your prayer concerns using the website link to prayer requests or use your Noblesville First app where the prayer request form is also available. And contact your pastoral care team for upcoming surgeries or pastoral needs at care at noblesvillefirst.com or the 24-7 care line at 317-773-2590.
join me in a call to prayer. God of mystery and mercy, we come before you today carrying hopes and dreams, the burdens and blessings of our lives. There is a certain winter in our spirits today, O oh Lord. There are so many things in our lives that drain our spirits, our energy, and our hopes. We bring all that is on our hearts and minds to you, seeking your comfort and strength, listening for your guidance, grateful that you hear us when we pray. Heal us, O Lord, and restore the joy of our salvation. Amen. Please join us in a moment of silent prayer and take to God what's on your heart today. Then I'll follow with a pastoral prayer before we say the Lord's Prayer together. Let's pray. Loving and mighty God, we pray by the power of the Most Holy Spirit to our merciful King of Kings. You call us each by name, Father, and claim us as your very own. We are here for you, God, and praise your faithful ways. You are the God that can take our heart of rigid stone and turn it into clay or dust. You calm the stormy heart and turn it into cool and peaceful water. You mend our broken hearts and fill our crushed and fractured spirit with hope and joy. Please abide in our hearts forever, Lord, for without love, without you, we are nothing. Help us to share your compassionate heart with others. And we thank you for the Lord's Prayer that we say together now. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, and thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
please stand for our closing hymn? that you can take with you for the whole of next week. May the peace of the Lord Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness, protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he may show you. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father, Son Jesus, and by most Holy Spirit. Amen.